Hello. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Terra and Tacos. It seems like we're back on kind of like a regular schedule a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it also, it, it feels weird to not be talking about Hannibal Lecter this week. It does. Um, it feels like I've been just immersed in, in Lecterland. And uh, I mean, arguments broke out. <laughs> <clears throat> Dude. We have a troll on our Facebook page, which was like, I think we've arrived. Yeah, that's right. right? Yeah, it was so, so crazy. It was very strange. Um, I'm also endlessly amused by not even that argument, which was pretty amusing. Um, it was Hannibal Rising centric. Um, but people just telling you like what you forgot without bothering to even to do the research yeah yeah you forgot silence of the lambs yeah dude right we forgot silence yeah, of the lambs. We, yeah. We're, we are a podcast dedicated to horror movies but we totally forgot totally silence forgot, of forgot lambs. hannibal lecter was even in that film yeah we don't know about that <laughs> um yeah, the 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 Hannibal Rising um, caused quite a quite a stir. That, that was it was so funny because that guy was like, someone else came back at him and was like, "You have the worst taste in movies." Like he came in and he was like, "All of the others are mediocre." Hannibal, Rising. and it's like, listen, people can like whatever they want to like. Sure. Like we're not here to. I mean, coming from two haters, yeah, you're free to hate and love whatever you want. Yeah, but. But there are some things that you're like, you're way off base. Like if you say that Silence of the Lambs is a mediocre film, then I don't know what freaking planet you're from. Yeah. And, and, and then to follow it with Hannibal Rising is superior, it's to, superior all. to all of them. And then to say the because then the other guy comes in and goes, you have the worst taste in movies <laughs> of anybody. And he goes, I work in the movie industry. So your art, your statement is moot. Oh, like, okay. yeah, that's my I'm like, favorite. Oh, okay. Because working in the movie industry um, just Gar- automatically makes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you saw my response, but I was like, "Hey, man, do you work at Crafty?" Just <laughs> kidding. Just also, kidding. Also, Crafty, I mean, how many? Crafty's like, important. It is. And how many directors and screenwriters in the world have the shittiest taste in film? I mean, like, it doesn't mean you know what you're talking about. And here's the thing. You can love Hannibal Rising more than anything in the world. Absolutely. For God's sake. I mean, I love Showgirls, Mm -hmm. although I do think Showgirls is superior. But you can like anything you like. Just don't shit on other people for. Yeah, I. And I mean, I even have, if like, yeah, if you if you want to enjoy a shitty horror YA novel turned into a Hannibal Lecter film, that's great. But to follow it up with <laughs> the Silence of the Lambs is mediocre. That's just ridiculous. I mean, yeah, you're, there are movies I love that I know are objectively not like brilliantly made films, you know? Right. It's just, come on, man. Come but I'm on. Not, I'm not going to say that they're better than The Godfather right, or anything like right. that. And there that, are some really brilliant films that I know are brilliant that I don't like. I mean, that, right. that's okay, too. Um, but yeah, anyway, 
we're moving on from Lecter, at least for now. I'm sure at we least for now. Because I think we may have to watch Hannibal Rising. Yeah, no, Hannibal. now I really kind of want to. Like we may need to add it to our Lindsay Lohan night. Yeah, yeah. Um the one night today of the year. we yeah. have gone to to visit our friends in the north in Canada again to talk about 2020's anything for Jackson. Oh, Canada. I don't even know how their national anthem goes, but I don't either. Can, but, can yeah. I can I be Canadian? Can I would we love be, to be can we be Canadian? Adrian Not just, and Churchill can it, sneak us in. Yeah. Let's marry Adrian. Let's both mm-hmm. of us marry Adrian. Sure. And then we can be Adrian's wives. Great. But like it's not just because they have a really sexy PM. Right. Um, or because they have like national health coverage. Sure. <laughs> or, you know, because they seem like really nice people. nice people. But they know how to make a fucking horror movie. Yeah, they they really do. And um, I thought I, I really enjoyed anything for Jackson. And I thought there was a. You know, something I think we talked about this when we talked about like ginger snaps and some other things. Um, I think it's easy for a lot of people to uh, just kind of overlook uh, the sort of Canadian aspects of these films and just kind of assume they're basically American movies with people who say about a really weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is something I think inherently Canadian about oh, yeah. anything for Jackson, um, even if it doesn't indicate that it's in Canada. I mean, right. other than other than the snow, but I mean, obviously, it snows a bunch of places here, as we know. As we know, because um, they talk about America. Her mom lives in Florida. They talk mm-hmm. about having to go to another state. So there's mm-hmm. an argument to be made that this is sort of pretending to be in America, I guess. I'm not really sure. But, you know, it's also like some places in Canada are just right across the the, 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 yeah. the national border. So, like, I there's it, I don't put it past it where it's like, hey, let's go to Minneapolis. Yeah, or like whatever. and I, and I just don't, it, regardless of any of that, this, there is something very Canadian, there's something very Canadian about this movie that act, that makes it work. Yeah. Um, I, th- I, I think it's, you know, in, first of all, it's like really great acting. Yes. Really great acting, but there's something before we get too into it. Like there's something about Canadian uh, humor, mm-hmm. you know, that is just it's so distinctive. Yeah, and I and I think it really works. And I think it's um, and we can get into it when we talk sort of more about the plot. I think it is steeped in. And I know this is, I'm sure, stereotypical, but like the general sort of kindness and politeness that we associate with Canada and Canadians that we don't associate with Americans. Right. Um, this couple would function very differently if if this were like, to me, in my opinion, if this were an American film. Yeah. If this were an American film and this couple were an upper class Oh yeah, like, they're super wealthy. <laughs> super wealthy couple who are white and are boomers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it would be a very, very different thing. So just a little bit in the opening scene, this elderly couple, I'm gonna say elderly, they're older, elderly. Yeah, older. they're yeah. Yeah, they're up there. They're like they're, well into their 60s, uh-huh. their grandparents and like right. well into their sixties. Yeah. yeah, they have 
kidnapped a young pregnant woman for reasons that we will explain later. Yeah. And they, but they actually sit her down. Like they, they, they're, she's shackled to the bed, but they're explaining to her, like they've prepared a letter Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, and they're very, very politely explaining to her why they've done what they've done and kind of apologizing, but also going, this is the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. This is how it has to be. Um, so and I even loved that that so in the first scene, the scene opens in this like beautiful house that they have. And what it that was a fucking amazing house. Yeah, seriously. Which uh, is with an elevator, dude. <laughs> I know. Art deck, like immediately. Yeah. And um bef- right before, I mean, the I thought that opening scene was just just geniusly crafted. Uh, but b- before the kidnapping. Yeah. That you only see on the like the other end of. Like you don't see how they get her. You just no. see it's, them dragging her into the house. And it's so smart. So smart. It's so smart. Like the little conversation that they're having that, before it happens. That, like he's like, My hem is crooked. And she's yeah. like, What are you talking about? I don't want to look like a rapper guy. Yeah. No and one's she's gonna, like, I don't I don't think anyone's gonna <laughs> think you're a rapper guy. And he even starts with like, you know, I appreciate everything you do for me, <laughs> but the hem on my pants is uneven. It's just I just loved it. Uh I just I loved it from from the get-go. Uh, and so, yeah, so we start with this, this older couple, he is a doctor mm-hmm. um, and we just kind of get the sense right off the bat that, that they're pretty wealthy mm-hmm. uh, just from their house. Right. Like that's not an average house. No, it's like a really beautiful mid-century modern type yeah. home in, in, in a nice neighborhood, suburban neighborhood. Um and one of the, I mean, there's going to be spoilers, y'all. Just that's where we're at. Uh, but I mean, right off the bat, they, they, yeah, like you said, they kidnap this young, pregnant woman, and then <laughs> read her a prepared letter. They read her a prepared letter where they're like, "We're so sorry, this has to happen. Yeah, but we don't want to hurt you. No, <laughs> it's just that this happened to us. Uh huh." And we're going to try and bring them back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay. I guess anything for Jackson, it seems like we're starting over and over again. Yeah. There's, um, it's all right. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I was, was, yes, 2020 directed by Justin G. Dick. Dick. I think it's who, Dick. Do you, know, do you know what he's famous for? Yes, yes, I do. I was so excited. He's famous for like, those Christmas Hallmark movies. It's, it's too perfect, Christy. (laughs) I know he has like three of them that are really well known. Yeah. So it just seems like it gives me hope, Michael. Yeah. No, Um, I read a review. Honestly, I read a review that was, that was generally pretty positive. um, That that talked about that. I guess up there, he's super well known for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, They shoot a ton of those in Canada. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the, the reviewer brought up a really interesting point and said that, you know, one of the things about those movies is, uh, the Hallmark type Christmas movies is they have to work fast and they have to work efficiently. Mm-hmm. And you, you get a sense that this, that this guy, Justin Dick, he knows how to make it, you know, he knows how to make a movie work. He knows how to cover a lot of story in 
a relatively short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, good on him, man. Hell, yeah, and it, and that's so true because the 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 whole first part of the movie. Uh, is told and it doesn't this doesn't happen throughout the whole movie it just happens in kind of like the first act of the movie um it's kind of told in in present time but also flashbacks mm-hmm. short flashbacks so you get a lot of story like yeah. you don't need a, a lot of exposition because we're getting we're getting events happening now alongside short flashbacks that tell us yeah, kind of give us what's, what's happening right now. Yeah, they, that set us up for what's happening now and also give us a little insight into character. Um, um, so this elderly couple, they have a daughter. Well, they had a daughter and a mm-hmm. grandson who died in an accident. And, you know, they're grieving as a lot of horror stories about are about handling grief or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they find a way they've been they, they join their local Satanist <laughs> club, which, which meets in the back room of the little neighborhood library. It's my favorite it's, I know it's my favorite thing. This the 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 satanic worship group. Uh huh. Like, my yeah. boyfriend made snacks. Yeah. <laughs> but let's I have don't... our meeting before we eat the snacks. <laughs> right, and you know it's like. I don't know, eight or nine people in the yeah. group and they get together and they have their black mass. Uh-huh. And like, like always there's one creepy dude. Yeah. Yeah. There's one creepy dude um, in the story, Ian. Ian. Yeah. Um, that actor was great though. Yeah. His name is like, Josh Cruders or Crudus Crudus. I think, I don't know how to pronounce these names. Everybody, uh, no, he was great. He was I, great. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to mention any names, but didn't he remind you of someone? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh god. It was it was actually strange. Yeah, um, it was very very strange. But I loved I that that to me is like what you brought up at the beginning. They they have they I mean but there is like such a specific sense of humor that they have this satanist meeting in the back of the library. <laughs> right. But like no one's mad about it. Like yeah. <laughs> no, no, the, the, and that's like the beauty of this film is that it very easily and hey, nothing wrong with Shaun of the Dead. We fucking love Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love Hot Fuzz. Like we love those movies. But this movie very easily could veer into that. Um, I don't know genre of sure. like super horror comedy, right? right? And it this it doesn't. One, it doesn't. It it kind of walks the line sometimes. Yeah, but. It's really, really, really dark. And yeah, that's, the, it, that's the surprise is that you think it's going to go there, <coughs> but me. it doesn't. It doesn't. It stays in like the really dark, dark, dark place of horror. Yeah. With just this like weird Canadian Sense sensibility. Yeah. Also, part of me thought it was like, I thought it was hysterical. Like I yeah. thought that scene was hysterical and not played overtly for laughs i mean played very seriously but then at the same time i started to think i was like well this is this like upper middle class old couple Mm -hmm. how would they find satanists in their town they probably like looked it up and they're like oh there's this group that meets and that kind of made 
sense to me. Like Sure, absolutely, but that, yeah, and that's the thing. It's like that's what I love about it is is that I mean, hey man, people who belong to the satanic temple have to meet somewhere. Right. And you're and, in a in a little Canadian town. Where are right. you going to meet? Well, the and library quite, has room. Quite frankly, I know a few people who are members of the satanic temple and they're normal regular sure. People who go to the library and, you know, enjoy coffee at Starbucks and <laughs> like right. they're just normal people. So I really love that this movie doesn't sensationalize those aspects of the story right. unt- until they absolutely have to. Right. Yeah. But that these are regular, normal people and that yeah. it's not fraught, you know, Um I love that one scene after shit starts to go down and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but shit starts to go down and they're, they're standing on the balcony and it's snowing. They're just kind of like standing there, the couple and it's, you know, shit has happened already, but it's kind of a quiet scene and they're just drinking coffee on the balcony and it's snowing. And she goes, do you think it's because of what we did? (laughs) And the guy is like, yeah. It's because of what we did. Because of what we did. But it's just kind of it's like, the, it the way it is. Yeah. So so essentially they have kidnapped this this pregnant woman that he is treating, right? Or he's taking uh Yeah, she's guy. his patient. Yeah, she's his patient. Um she initially didn't want the baby. This was not a planned thing by any means. Um she doesn't even know the guy's name. Um but comes around to wanting to be a mom. Right. And he so convinces he, her. Yeah. He convinces her. And he, so he has pegged her as the the person they need. Yeah. Right. Um, not a lot. Because, of con- because, because they want to bring back their, their grandson. Yeah. They need this vessel, this unborn child to uh, bear the spirit of their dead grandson, Jackson. Right. I yeah. mean, that's sort of the plot summed up. Yeah. Um, and then what happens is, like you said, you you kind of get, I wrote this down, like they kind of lull you into. They do. Thinking like, I don't, because the kidnapping is intense, but then it's followed up immediately by that woman, the woman reading the yeah. letter. And so you kind yeah. of get lulled into like this polite suburban Canadian dark comedy. Right. But then they perform part of this ritual because they've gotten this super old ancient book, right? Right. They've been, they've been doing this research. He finally finds a copy of this book that's like not unlike the Necromonicon or like sure. the book that Ash finds, right? Yeah, it's like and thousands of years old, yeah, right? thousands of years old. And they do the first part of this ritual and we learn later. I mean, we you know immediately. They get told later what's going on, but you know immediately they have now opened yeah they've opened the door like in so many horror movies they've opened the door to not just their the spirit of their dead grandson um but to everything out there right anything and anyone that needs to wants to come back right they they've opened that door and then it gets straight up fucking terrifying. It gets fucking terrifying. And the the I'm going to tell you, like, that little ghost, the trick-or-treat ghost. Dude. So simple. 
Yeah. Such a simple story. And they were so smart. This director was so smart to start that, that like the terrifying roller coaster with like this simple little kid ghost. Yeah. And this sort of like, kind of like trope that you're familiar with, right? The, the kid in the little ghost costume, but then what they, yeah. trick or treating, but then like what they do with it, it's so good. Yeah. Um, and it's like they, they, they hit on so many different things that you've seen versions of, right? Mm. And then some that I've never seen, but right. like the thing with the, the teeth. Yeah. But the way he handles it, um, and I guess the way it's written, both of the, the the writer, Keith Cooper, I guess, deserves some credit too. But they just do different things with these kind of supernatural scares that you might be used to seeing. And they, mm-hmm. they, they like just either take it to a different level or do something really smart with it. Mm-hmm. It ends up at times being really scary. Yeah. Um, some of the imagery... Dude, the the ghost that comes out from under the bed. I know. Like, what the fuck, man? I know. It's it's you know you. I was trying to find a way. Yeah, I was trying to find a way to describe it, but like, you just hit on it. It's like none of none of these, none of these ghosts or none of these whatever the things are that begin to appear to them. Right. None of them are like so far out of the realm of like us as horror fans knowing what they are sure. but they're just presented so differently and simply yeah um and it's it's like all of these things are it's like your your nightmares as a kid stuff yeah and i thought even even before we meet the trick or treater the way that jackson is introduced is kind of brilliant yeah um it's not some it doesn't start as some weird eerie thing. I mean, like, no, he just he's sitting there talking to the to the yeah. Woman, and at that point, you don't know, like, you don't know he's dead. No, you're like maybe they have two grand. Like you have, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, and then and then we learn like, oh, she sees him. Right, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Right, it, and it, yeah, I wrote it. I wrote. Uh, I read a like little description of it. <laughs> I don't even know if this might've been on Amazon or something or on shutter uh, that was like, you know, it's like a reverse exorcism. It's sort of like <laughs> how, the, how the plot kind of carries through. So right. instead of having priests trying to get a demon out of someone, you have this older couple nice. <laughs> trying to put a, <laughs> put a spirit into someone. Right. And so the, you know, we, they do this ritual. It's so funny. It's so cute the way they do it. Like they've been doing research. They finally find the book. They they're really trying hard and working hard to like maintain regular normal life so that nobody suspects anything. Uh, What what the man doesn't know is that his wife has been experimenting with a book. Yeah. And and just has been like bringing dead things to life, like crows and crows and stuff, hats and shit. Uh, and he's like, you can't be doing this. You can't be re-. She's like, it works. I can do it. Yeah. Um, I have been and so doing it all day. <laughs> I've been doing it all day. And so that's when they decide to do the, the ritual. Um, and, and then things begin to appear. The little kid ghost, this other demon, other, the, 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 the tooth thing begins happening. And, and 
they're also they're also terrified. Like yes. they were not expecting this. Like yeah. this this is a plan that just went had all the best intentions. Sure. But sure. It, it it went absolutely wrong. It's yeah. like what it is to put your trust in something that you absolutely have no idea. And then to keep the plot going because you can't just have that. Of course, somebody reports the woman missing. Right. And so you have the sort of detective enter the 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 movie uh-huh. um and and so that's like the ticking clock, right? Now the detective and like he doesn't he gets flustered and and kind of strays from the plan mm-hmm. um, because like another part that I loved was part of this plan is to like they expect this girl's going to get reported missing. Of course she is, right? She's like mm-hmm. I think like thirty six weeks pregnant, thirty seven weeks yeah. pregnant. Like someone's going to notice that she's gone. They the wife has has planned for this and has figured out. Like how to do social media and dating apps. That's right. <laughs> to make it look like, like she dated some guy. Like she ran off with some dude. Yeah. And and she's like, she I was like one of my favorite exchanges. She like tells of her husband and he's like, Oh, you're a regular techie now. <laughs> and it's <laughs> but it's not even they don't mock it. Like the two of them, and both of them are really um, I mean, they've done a lot. Sheila yeah. McCarthy is the the woman who plays the main the grandmother she's in i mentioned this to you she's in uh-huh. the first season she's a huge part in the first season of umbrella academy yeah. she plays like a major romantic interest for one of the leads and then <clears throat> the guy who plays the grandfather mm-hmm. is like one of the Mortimer brothers from Slings and Arrows who are the weird mortician. Yeah, I mean, he is a famous Canadian character actor. He's also yeah. in The Witch. He's in that first, yeah. in that very the... first scene of The Witch. Yeah, and so it's like, these are really, <clears throat> they never comment on it. They never wink at it. Everything, even the, the, the oddball, like, moments of comedy seem to come from places of truth. Which I think is all like, I mean, the best compliment I can give yeah. those, those two actors. Um, and everyone else is good too. It's just there there's so much of the film is just the two of them. Right. Um, I mean, it, it's 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 very few people. And then there's another actor in there, the the yard guy. Oh my played god. Played by um I'm gonna Yannick Bice, Yannick yeah, Bison or Bisson. I'm gonna completely miss yeah, Yannick Bisson. And he is like really famous Canadian actor who does a show called Murdoch mysteries. And so he's, he's like super famous. And it was so odd to see him in this because in Murdoch, he plays such such like an upstanding turn of the century, Catholic Victorian detective from Toronto. Wow. Nice. And he's really upstanding and very morally upright. Uh, And to, you know, to see him in this is kind of like this just loser. Yeah, completely. And I mean, he got, um, you know, he gets and billing. I think he was probably, like mm-hmm. you said, he's really famous up there. He's only in a few scenes, but, but they're integral. Oh, shit. And and what you see through him and some others is now everyone who has kind of come into contact with them, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, we see this a lot, right, in, in horror movies, that not only they have opened a door to something they don't understand, 
And now everyone they come into contact with is in danger, which was never part of the plan. Yeah, that was never part of the plan. Like, um, go ahead. The, the yeah, and I think you see that through through that character, uh, Rory, the yard guy, or whatever. He's always wanting yeah. to clear the snow off the driveway, right? But has he's, his own weird little yeah. backstory. <laughs> he has his own weird backstory. He's having issues with his wife. Like he's been thrown out of the house and he's like so insistent on, on clearing the yard of snow and the doctor uh-huh. keeps going, we don't need it. Don't need it. Go away. Go he's away. like, I'm going to do it for free. Yeah. Cause I like you. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. And he meets his end in a pretty oh, man. Am- amazing way. That was completely unexpected. Yeah. I, I mean, th- it was one of those scenes that made me and John go, yeah. And I think that's, um, I think that's one of the best, I think that's one of the best things about this movie is that, yeah, is it a brand new plot? No, who gives a shit? No brand new plots in it. There are no brand new plots. No. They just, they surprise you, but not in like weird jump scare fashion. Like they just, they just present things differently that yeah, throw I, you off. I, I love it. It's like, they're 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 riffing on on other ideas from great horror films, you know, in yeah. a really 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 distinctive way. Kind of like what if what if this was happening? What if like the high drama of I don't know House of the Devil or whatever uh-huh. was happening in the house across the street? Across the street. And and the thing, and I wrote this down, and at first I was like, oh, it's like suburban horror. But then I don't like that phrase because to me, suburban horror, like, indicates something like hereditary, right? Right. Like, oh, all the darkness of the people you live next to, right? And this is that, but not that. These are actually good people. Yeah. They just have, have committed a horrific act out of desperation, but they're still... They never cease to be, it's weird to say about two kidnappers, but they never cease to be as kind as they can be. No, Um, but also they are for sure Satanists. I mean, like, I love the line. What's my favorite line? And it's like, sometimes I want to say this to people. And I was like, oh, this is so great. Um, But like the line towards the end of the movie where he's arguing with a woman that he's kidnapped. Uh Uh-huh. And she's trying to tell him, like, argue, like, the, 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 I don't know, the, the amorality of what they've done, right? Sure. Yeah. And he says to her, like, just, you know, plain as day, he's like, you cannot win a moral argument with me. I have made a pact with the devil. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And it's like, that's it, man. Yeah. It's like, you, you, you know, you can say anything you want to me, but <laughs> I've made a pact with the devil. So, yeah. and this, you know, like yeah i mean and i love like he has he made it's almost like an offhanded line but he's like he found this book in jerusalem and he paid a ton of money for it um and so yeah i i just i somehow the they have sort of melded styles i don't know it works it, it like uh, yeah it's, say it out loud it doesn't seem like it should work but it totally works and i think this goes back to like my statement earlier at the beginning or what we were talking about is like i don't know if it works in the hands of a group of americans i, yeah. I, I think 
it just would be a very different film. And for some reason, I totally buy it because it seems true to this group of people. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I mean, no, it's I think it's because we've talked about this before in our other Canadian episode uh, where they have they have a view of America that that we don't have the advantage and we're, and, and that's not to say that this movie is supposed to be in America or anything like that, but they have like a really cool neighbor view of American culture mm-hmm. that we are not privy to because we're so immersed in it. Yeah, we're right? in it. Right. Yeah. We're in it. And we are part, I'm going to say we're part of the problem sure. of sensationalizing and making things like super dramatic and we have to have a lot all the time. Right. And we have to, you know, satisfy all of these like crazy appetites for like everything. Right. And they have the advantage of looking at us from next door going like, man, those people are crazy. Yeah. You need to calm down. You need to calm your tits. And they also, (laughs) I don't know if this is, I don't know how or why. I mean, I'm sure there's a very clear reason why I just don't know it, but in their acting tradition, Mm -hmm. like they have, even in, in the guy who plays um, the grandfather, that dude's English. He's just lived in Mm -hmm. Canada since he was in his twenties. Like in their acting tradition. And you see this in slings and arrows too. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure a lot of other things, there is an infusion of like British sort of acting tradition in Canada that mm-hmm. we don't share. Well, yeah. And it's because it, in Canada, it's, it's much more like Britain than it is here where it's like everybody in the film and television industry or a lot of them anyway, for the most part are also involved in theater. Right. You know? So yeah. there's like a, a, yeah, there's that tradition of like, this is what I do for money, but the stage yeah. is what I do, you know. I mean, uh, this is a country that produced a brilliant three-season television show about a Shakespeare company. Right. Like, n- in a million years would that fucking happen here. Never. Like, nine people would watch it. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's... And again, it's not to say like our actors are bad. It's just that they just treat shit differently. Yeah, they just treat shit differently. <laughs> um, um, then the movie really gets like, then, then, so it, shit starts to get bad. Then it gets worse. <laughs> oh yeah, it gets way worse. And then it gets worse, worse. Yeah. When they decide they lose control. Mm-hmm. They lose control of whatever the thing they've unlocked. They're like, we take it back. We don't want to do this anymore. We've yeah. got to figure out a way to, um, to, uh, and I'm not going to say what causes that to happen because it's so shocking. I don't want to ruin it for people. Right. But at some point they go, oh shit, we've got to stop this now. And so they decide to get the help of one of their fellow Satanists. 
who, who uh, seems like the one real hardcore guy. Yeah, he's the real hardcore guy <laughs> who lives in the basement of his yeah. mother's house. And just uh, listens and to like Norwegian black metal all day. Right. <laughs> and he's like, he's like the the weirdo sure. of, of the Satanist group. We'll, yeah. we'll just call it that. Yeah, that one line is like, I don't have friends, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Where he's the one that like, clearly they've asked him to do some research on some stuff before they find the book in Jerusalem, right? Yeah. And so Ian begins to suspect because in in early in the film, in the first act of the movie, he says to them, hey, remember that book that you asked me to research? It doesn't exist. I was told it doesn't exist, but I talked to this person and they said they sold it. And so he starts having suspicions about, do they have the book? Right. And all that kind of stuff. So they decide to get his help because mm-hmm. he seems to be the most knowledgeable person in all of these things um, to undo the spell or undo the ritual or whatever. Yeah. Ian has plans of his own. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, and I, I even loved. I even loved the, the how that role was cast. Mm-hmm. Um, like that guy's really good who plays Ian, but even, even he is, yes, he's like sort of an oddball and clearly like kind of a loner, but he's also like kind of just like this straightforward, normal. Yeah. Like he's I like love, the- I love the one point where he's like, get salt, get rock salt. And Henry's like, will that work? And he's like, I don't fucking know Henry, but I've heard. So let's I've try heard, like, so let's try like, it. Like, yeah. Yeah. And also he's like, all right, I'm I'm going because I don't feel safe here anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're it's just like 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 normal people. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, who are just, who are who are doing extraordinary extraordinary things. things. Um yeah, and I and those a, a lot of that comes out of grief and comes out of of love. Um yeah. you know, it's just those two things just manifest themselves in this way so let's talk can we talk a little bit did you want to talk about no no that's it i wanted to ask you about the end yeah let's so because shit goes down sure it doesn't it doesn't end good y'all i'm just saying the 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 whole situation just gets yeah everything falls apart everything falls apart however um our final girl our last girl she does get away Uh uh-huh I'm going to say that spoiler. Sorry. But let's talk about that end when she's in the car. Tell me about this. What did you think? Um, How do you feel? Yeah, it was weird. I mean, I even like read some stuff about it and I went back and watched it twice to make sure I didn't miss anything. Yeah, me too. So I I had sort of like two views. One, she's no, she is safe quote unquote, if you will, um, because she's no longer needed. But no one is safe. <laughs> right. That that was sort of what I took from it. Like mm-hmm. she got away. She is no longer in immediate, like the immediate danger of being part of this ritual uh-huh. because she's no longer necessary in the ritual but everybody's fucked. Like that was, <laughs> that was kind of what I thought. Am I crazy? Yeah. No, no. That's what I thought too. 
Because okay. I was like, okay, so she's free. <laughs> sure. She's free. Sure. Hmm. However. However. Um, that 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 final that final image of like that final entity or whatever. Yeah. It's pretty horrifying. Yeah. I mean, I think that's another thing that, that we should hit on or just at least mention there, the way they handle the ghosts sort of, I mean, are completely different, right? You have so many different versions of ghosts and demons from a simple ghost sheet, Halloween costume to the fucking flossing thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Man, the gore, the design, that shit is on point. Like they, whoever, you know, all the team working on that and the way they spent their money on that, well worth it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Which is awesome because there's also like, hey, here's a demon with a bag on his head. He's fucking terrifying. (laughs) So like you have the sort of like, you run the whole sort of gamut of, of, of what can be a scary demon. Right. Which I, I, I really loved. Yeah. I really liked that. It was that, that, that it was these simple ideas taken yeah. to their most, like, I don't know, extreme. Yeah. Um, but that final, like you said, that final thing, whatever um, devil like creature or the devil himself, I don't know who's to who knows. Yeah. Um, I mean, like that shit is, for real like they yeah they, it they was it, it was pretty horrifying i mean it's the the art the art direction um the way it was shot the way it was acted the pace at which it was directed i uh, this movie to me gets like five tacos I yeah mean, it's absolutely five five canadian tacos five can- Canadian tacos. No, it's worth four seventy five down here. <laughs> five Texas tacos. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It was. It's great. And um, you know, look, I'm I'm sure they don't hit it out of the park every time. Just like no country hits it out of the park every time. Um, but there really is a, a a legit like Canadian horror thing that's been going on for. I mean, forever, For if you go time. back to, like, My Bloody Valentine and stuff. But, like, yeah. you know, we talked about American Mary, the Ginger Snaps movies. Like, mm-hmm. um, the, these, the, there's some shit that's going on that y'all should should watch. Yeah, they do. They have a long tradition of, of Canadian horror that's just really, really, yeah. really great. So, speaking um, of the tradition so of Canadian of- horror, um, I feel bad because I brought up a movie and then you watched it and I didn't. Um so David Cronenberg is right. legendary, legendary, legendary Canadian, Canadian uh, director. director. I mean, like in the pantheon of uh-huh. directors, scanners, dead ringers. Yeah. I mean, this dude, I don't know what's going on in his head, but it's, it's legit. The floss. Yes. I mean, like, yeah. Um, so Cronenberg has children, which oh, oddly terrifies me. Yeah. Um, they, they all look exactly alike. <laughs> <laughs> and, and have no eyes. So his son, I I was told like, oh, I should watch this movie called Possessor mm-hmm. um, that his that David Cronenberg's son made, um, who I assume is now an adult human being. Uh, I so I started it really late last night, 
and realized almost immediately, not even necessarily anything based on the movie, just like, well, a little bit based on the movie. Like, I am not awake enough to watch this particular film. Like, if I had thrown on some other type of movie, sure. But I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, fuck, I actually need to uh, be, like, cognizant for this. So I didn't get to really watch it. I was like, it's just not going to happen. I went to bed. But you did watch it. I did watch it. You're a professional and I'm not. I am a professional. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did watch it. And a few minutes in, I paused it. And I am not even going to lie. I got high to watch the rest of it. <laughs> Excellent. Um, because, and then I pressed play again. Um, and I do, I have a lot of things to say about it. And I have some questions about it. Um, you know, I'm curious about what Jim John has to say about this movie. It seems like something Jim John would really, really love. Hey, Jim John, what do you think? Well, Jim John. Yes, Jim John. Shall we share our thoughts? Yes, Jim John. Then let us begin. Yes, Jim John. Christy and Mike. Consider the image of God creating Adam as depicted on the Sistine Chapel by Michelangelo. The nature of cause and effect. Some artistic scholars argue that Michelangelo secretly incorporated the shape of a brain with the image of God. Thus God, the mind, creates Adam, the body, and through creation, the brain translates thought into action and thereby interacts materially with the world. Order from Chaos Jim John. Correct Jim John. But what about Free World Jim John? Elaborate Jim John. The image reads from left to right. We may interpret Adam. The body is interacting with God. The mind. Conjecture. Has God created Adam? Or is Adam filled with animalistic impulses? Wildly finger-painting justifications for his accomplishments or failures? Is the creator a separate entity of its own creation? Who is responsible Jim John? Are we the sum of our actions or a collection of memories Jim John? When a Jim John falls alone in the woods, does it make noise? Cognito ergo sum Jim John. I think therefore I am Jim John. No. I am Jim John. No I am. No. I am. Jim John. Identifier. I am Jim John. No Jim John. Identifier. I am Identifier. I am Jim I am Jim John. Identifier. 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 Wow. That was a lot. That was a lot. That's really, really interesting. Um, uh, I- I feel like now I have to go watch this film. I think you do have to go watch it. It 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 has okay, so it's Justin Cronenberg, uh, and he is an adult. He's 40 years old, Michael. Oh my god. He's, he's yeah. almost my age. Um, <laughs> Jennifer Jennifer Jason Lee. Like this is it's it's is it's one of those things where it's like, my dad's David Cronenberg. I'm gonna ask Jennifer Jason Lee sure, to man. my film. I got that um, phone number. In my phone already. It's right. <laughs> well, and he's directed other stuff. So, I mean, I'm sure, you know, to his credit, he knows lots of people, but like right. she's the, she's the big name. And um, it deals, it asks a lot of big questions. It's, you know, in Cronenberg family fashion, it is like thriller body horror, right? There are a lot of, I don't want to say a lot because I want you to go and watch it, but there's a lot of, um, 
penetration symbology. Um, there is you know, like the, the, the big question of identity, uh-huh. the big question of, of invading privacy. Okay. Um, the question of, are we, are we who we say we are or are we what others say we are? Say um, I will, I do have this to say about the movie and then I'm, you know, I'm not going to say much because I really want you to go and see it. Um, this movie has one sex scene in it and I did not mind it. Like, in fact, I thought it was really well done. And I'll tell you what makes a difference between this sex scene and sec- the sex scene in Manhunter, which seems absolutely gratuitous and other sex scenes that you and I talk about. Uh-huh. It's that this sex scene, again, in Cronenberg fashion, is awkward and uncomfortable and and informs the story and informs the questions that are being asked about the nature of being human okay. in the story. So it's not like, oh, this is embarrassing. I don't want to watch it. It's really kind of like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's... that's- you're right. I mean, in, in true Cronenberg, I mean, God, David Cronenberg made a film that's essentially a, a, a two hour sex scene, um, but it actually is purposeful. Right. Um, so is so is this one. And in Dead Ringers, it's purposeful. Yeah. This, you know, that's something you can pass on genetically. <laughs> they Well, at least they well come purposed by it. sex scenes in your films. Yes, I, I, I imagine so. Either that or it's just growing up in David Cronenberg's household. I mean, yeah. Um, so yes, I don't know if it succeeds or if it even wanted to answer these questions or just, just pose them or just pose them. Um, I don't think the Cronenbergs are very concerned with answering the questions as much as they are with, with putting these visually stunning images in front of us and asking, asking the questions. Yeah. I, I mean, he, he is, um, there's an interview with David Cronenberg is part of that documentary that I bring up from time to time, uh, the American nightmare. Um, and I think they actually go to Cronenberg one, cause he's fucking David Cronenberg, but two, to get a perspective that is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you have like, when they interview Craven and Toby Hooper and uh, all of those guys, Romero and Carpenter, it just, uh, Savini, it keeps coming back to Vietnam. It keeps coming back to Vietnam. It keeps coming back to Vietnam. And when they interview Cronenberg talking about the 60s and 70s, he keeps coming back to the sexual revolution. Ah. Um, and that's not to say I'm sure David Cronenberg was well aware of the shit going on in Vietnam, but that 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 didn't seem to hang over him in the way that it did the his American counterparts absolutely not and also Canada is a very 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 Catholic country man it's it's easy to forget (laughs) it's easy to forget but it is a very Catholic country and so something as huge as the sexual revolution in a country like steeped in Catholicism I mean, yeah, uh, y'all, we've brought it up before. The French do not fuck around when it comes to their Catholicism. No, they don't. And, and, and that had to have had, I mean, of course, had mm-hmm. a huge influence uh, up there on, on Canada. Um, yeah, I, it's like when I told when we were watching Marianne, 
Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my God, like they just talk about Catholicism on like TV. <laughs> yeah, they do. I mean, it's like this, this show that I was watching that, that Yannick Besson is in. Who you is, just said he plays like a Victorian Catholic, right? He's it's and it's part of the it's part of the plot line, like of the whole arc of of over like ten seasons of this show that I've been watching. Um, he's a, if this is Victorian times in Toronto. He is a police detective. He's very Catholic. Uh huh. His his wife, you know, who ends up being his wife. Um, or his love interest in the show is a female doctor, like supposed to be one of the first female physicians in Canada. She is not Catholic. And that's like a thing. And she's had an abortion. Oh, shit. And and that's a thing. And even the show is like really kind of like sometimes it's really wacky, like murder yeah. mystery, you know, and they have like they talk to H.G. Wells and Thomas Edison is like they're, like it's that kind of show. Right. Um but at the same time, they're addressing like this kind of like we're super Catholic and yeah, some which, and some of us are not. And how yeah. do we deal with how it? How do we deal with it? I mean, and obviously, you know, you and I talk about it a lot. Anyone who listens to us knows it's going to come up at least once every other episode. Um, but it really isn't dealt with. I, and I get that. I mean, obviously, down here, especially where, you know, where we live, we're. Uh-huh. There are other Christian groups that are sort of take the headlines, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's always interesting to, especially in horror where Catholicism so clearly can find its way in often. Right. 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 Um, it, it, um, in television down here, it's just, it's just not something you normally would, would see. No. Um, and, and, and if it comes up, it's not like it's going to be explored it's just would be mentioned or something. Right. Um, yeah. It's, it, this is, Oh, I'm just rambling now. No, um, no, it's, it's, it's all important. I mean, in, in this movie doesn't possessor doesn't really touch upon it. You get the idea that it's like some future time. Sure. It's like some future time. It is, it is so beautifully shot. It is so beautifully art directed. It's really well acted. Um, it, I, I highly, highly recommend it. Cool. Yeah, I need to watch it. I wanted to. I failed. I admit it. And I apologize to the listeners. No, no. It's uh, totally fine because I believe in you. Thank you. I, I think you were excited because, you know, you're you're can, can I say to the people that you're going to get your vaccine today? I am. I am. Ex- I, I'm. But yeah, I mean, I am really excited. Yeah. I, hu- I hugged your wife the other day and it was incredible. Yeah, she's been. um yeah, I mean, Aspen's been fully vaccinated for weeks. Um, and yeah, I get my first one today. Uh, but just to see, like, since just like this, this subtle change that has occurred in, in mm-hmm. her life over the last few weeks has been, it has given me hope. And it's not yeah. like she's out there going crazy. No. But like, she hugged her friend for the first time in a year. Um you know, like just those things. So yeah, I, I am excited. Um, yeah, here's what I thought because I'm I'm getting mine later this month, mm-hmm. um, and I thought, ooh, we're gonna get to a point, Michael, where we can do these in in person again. Right, like crazy. That's exciting. I know. We can actually, sit in a room uh, and and do this. Yeah, I, I I'm very excited. Um, one other quick thing before we head out uh, today is. is <laughs> 
A year ago today, we wrapped our film. Um, That's right. Final dress. And I think that this is going to sound so selfish and stupid, and I'm not trying to make it sound like our movie is as important as, as all the things in the world, but it did sort of even make it hit home even more. Mm -hmm. Like in a normal world, this, I think we would be finished. I think this would have been out. Um, It will be, we, we will get there. It's just been, I mean, it was literally, we wrapped and then two weeks later, everything shut down. Everything went to hell. Listen, Michael, considering that you and I, this was our first film. It was our first time to really, really, really work in a, in a production producing capacity in an industry where we're kind of just actors or whatever. (laughs) And to kind of get a group of people who are not filmmakers and get a group of people who are filmmakers together. And we actually finished it is a miracle to me. Yeah. So I I know that we're going to get to the release of it. Yeah, I do too. It's just that this year took a toll on everybody involved. Yeah. And it, and not to belabor it, it it just reminded me, and you talk about this a lot. Like we've talked about this, you and I have talked about this a lot. Like there are these times, like I have to remind myself, like this isn't, this hasn't been remotely fucking normal. Um, you know, man, some days I just, I just can't do the thing. I just yeah. can't. I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Um, no. Some days I have a lot of work and deadlines and uh, I just can't do it all the time. And, yeah. and then I remind myself like, uh, that's okay. <laughs> like, yeah, like, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and everybody's just got to take care of themselves and, yeah. and, and yeah, we're not, we're not some kind of like self-care gurus or anything. Yeah, no. we're, like, we're toxic Gen Xers. So sure. like, fuck everybody. But but not all the time. No, no. Sometimes you just, you just gotta fucking call it a day and watch Columbo or whatever, man. <laughs> I've also been watching a lot of Columbo. Dude, it's, it's uh, so I think, good. I think you mentioned it, and I was like, "Oh shit, I gotta go get back into Columbo." Y'all, go watch Columbo. That's go all. watch Columbo. It's so good. Like the other day, I watched an episode of Columbo that had George Hamilton and Leslie Ann Warren on it. And like the the seventies glamour interior decor was just off the rails. That's and, awesome. And then the very next episode has like Janet Lee and Sam Jaffe. Yeah, you know? the guest stars are crazy. I watched one the other night that had John Cassavetes playing a conductor who murders his mistress, and I was like, "This is incredible!" Incredible. This is what I think. So that show, and we've gone off now. We have like two minutes, but we've yeah. gone off. This is like my favorite show, Midsummer Murders, that British mystery series, uh-huh. where it's just a cozy mystery series, but you see every great British actor come through that series and everybody loves like great character actor right they love being on that show i've read because it's just an opportunity to play like the a cuckoo crazy eccentric right for fun yeah and you know it's going to be fun and craft services are good yeah and all that stuff and i imagine that colombo must have been one of those for, right? for, Back, for, for famous American actors. For famous American actors. Uh, it just must have been like, I know I'm going to get good writing. 
Yeah, I know I, I'm going to get to fool around with like play with Peter Falk on Peter screen. Peter Falk on screen, which that's not too shabby. No. Fucking guy's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've, I've read, you know, I, I've told you before, I read that book, uh, the, the Peter S. Fisher book that is like the, the, he's the creator of Columbo and of Murder, She Wrote and other TV shows of that nature. Um, and like some made for TV movies and stuff. And so he has a lot of Peter Fox stories and they're so interesting just to read how, how he worked. Like there's entire scenes in Columbo that he would come to the writers and be like, I've got this idea for a monologue to, to reveal the clue. And he would come in with pages and pages of a monologue. That's insane. And they would be like, Peter, it's too long. Like we can't do it. And he would throw a tantrum and they would let him film it. Uh huh. And then he'd get it done. And they'd all look at themselves and go like, well, he's right. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's how to do it. Yeah. And they would end up having to put in these giant scenes of Peter Falk, just kind of like, and one more thing, <laughs> oh, one last thing. I love it. I fucking oh, love it. It's so good. It's um, so good. SVU is, is the modern is the modern equivalent of that where it's with like the guest stars and every, everything. every great yeah. actor. I saw one the other night with Lena Olin and I was like, what the fuck? Okay. It's like, Man, I'm going to go knock out an SVU. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so go watch anything for Jackson. Go watch possessor, go watch possessor and then post on our Facebook. Tell Michael why he needs to watch. It. Yeah. Convince me. And then uh, go watch Columbo y'all. That, that's go watch Columbo. Yeah. What are we going to talk about next time? Oh, Oh, we have a special guest, right? Hopefully. Yes. Hopefully next week. If not very soon, we are going to have our dear, our dear friend. Uh, the great Tina Parker is going to come talk to us about her latest horror Western that she's in called Pale Door. Yeah. Um, and then also, you know, she's was in one of the Final Destination movies. She was in the Puppet Master the Puppet movie. Master um a little show her, called Breaking Bad. She was she plays Francesca in a little show, <laughs> tiny show called Breaking Bad. Don't know if you've ever heard She's of it. She's our dear friend and Dallas legend. Like, if you're from Dallas and you don't know who Tina Parker is, are you even from Dallas? So that's a great yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm excited, and uh, I'm actually really excited to watch Pale Door because I love a horror western. Yeah, me too. Um, and especially when one of my friends is in it. <laughs> right, right, right. So after you watch Possessor, we've got to talk about why it reminds me of uh, Battlestar Galactica and Minority Report. Um, All right. So we'll, we'll we'll touch upon those things too. Michael, have a great day <laughs> driving out to Bumfuck, Texas to get your vaccine. Thank you. Where Thank you. the unwashed toothless masses just go, I'm not going to get a vaccine. <laughs> And so they they leave them for the city folk like us. <laughs> I shall wear a top hat, sir. Um, <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right. We, we will see y'all or talk to y'all next, hopefully next week. All right. Bye, Mike. All right. See you, Christine. Bye.